Welcome to Two Girls in a Grape, where we attempt to learn about wine one bottle at a time. I'm Drea, and even in college, I knew I was destined for wino greatness. And I'm Jules, and I certainly did not think of myself as anything close to a wino in college, even though I grew up drinking wine with dinner and having mimosas for my birthdays as a kid. And that, my friends, is a true story. We're going to have to follow up on that at We're, some point. Yeah, that'll come up. That'll be in the parents' arc that we do at some point. <laughs> that'll be in our therapy arc. <laughs> <laughs> so in case you can't tell, we are taking it back to school this episode and really focusing on wines from the areas that we went to college in, and we may have a few surprises along the way. But before we get into all that, let's kick it off with our reoccurring segment, Cheers and Jeers. Jules, what are you cheersing and jeersing this episode? I am cheersing to staycations. Yep! So, Dre and I recently played hooky, and by recently I mean just a couple days ago, on a Tuesday, <laughs> and we spent the day by a super quiet adults only pool at a fancy hotel out in the suburbs of San Diego and it was just really lovely to just spend the day reading a book chatting and just being just sort of like peaceful and quiet it was delightful it was delightful and we both decided that we need to do it more yes yeah so along those lines though what are you jeersing I am jeersing to sunburn mm-hmm. because Apparently, I missed a couple spots when I applied sunscreen on said staycation day. Whoopsie! Even though Drea asked me a couple times, because I am Scottish, right? So I have very Scottish skin. And so I'm usually really good about putting sunscreen. I'm very good about putting it on my face and, like, my chest and my shoulders. But there were some areas on my body that were a little patchy. (laughs) Little, little crispy. They were little a little crispy. red lobstery, but I will say the next day they just sort of like went away. So it wasn't a big deal. All right. That's fine. I mean, I also did bring like five different varieties of sunscreen for this. And purpose. I didn't use any of those. I know. And I had my own fine. sunscreens, but it just didn't matter. Do you see this tan, by the way? Do you see this? Oh, Dre has lovely, <laughs> just beautiful olive brown skin. She's also Mexican, so there's that. She has that going for her. You know what? It is the one perk of putting up with a lifetime (laughs) of institutionalized racism. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Colonialism! Couldn't get away without it. Drea, what are you cheersing to today? Uh, In the theme of our staycation and the adults-only pool, I am cheersing to all the little children going back to school in the next couple of weeks. Scram! Get out of here. Get out of the streets. Go back where you belong. Go learn something. In case you didn't know, uh, Dre and I are both childless. We have dogs. She has one dog. I have three. So You know, they, they, they're a lot of work. They're a lot of work. They are a lot of work. Easier than children, though. What are you jeersing to today? Oh, boy. <laughs> Despite the fact that all the little children are going back to school, I don't finish teaching summer session for the big children for another month. So, Ouch. yeah, we're just, we're really in the thick of it these days. <laughs> so we're just getting through it with wine. Yeah, pretty much. As one does. As one does. Cheers and jeers, everybody. In 
honor of our college special. We're doing a little getting to know you college edition shawinigans. Love a so since we are featuring a wine chosen by Drea, we are going to focus our shawinigans on Drea this week. Drea, first yes. of all, well, we all know the answer to this one, but where did you go to school? Just reiterate. The University of California. And I want to make it clear. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Berkeley... Was the first school in the UC system. We were the first land-grant college in California. Ergo, we alone have the distinction of being called California. The. Cal. The University of California. Versus all... That's why you don't call... You would never see it called UCB. Like, how dare you? Right. How dare but you? But there's also... For those of you who don't live in California, there's a lot of University of California at... Right. Yeah. So there's, you, you know, know... places. Our so. little... Baby Brothers, the there's Bruins, UCLA, UCLA. Mm-hmm. there's Santa Cruz, the Banana Club, there's UC San Diego, UC San Diego, where I got my yep. PhD. Oh shit, throw that in there. <laughs> Riverside, Merced, Irvine. Okay, we're gonna move on. Next question: Why did you pick that school? So this is actually really interesting because the keep two, it short. The two schools I ended up deciding between were St. John's, which is like a four hundred like person. in the Caribbean. No, St. John's in Santa Fe, New Mexico. (laughs) And Berkeley, which is like 40,000 students. Um, And Berkeley was just one of those places that the first time I visited in between my sophomore and junior year, I was like, this feels right. Like, this feels where I belong. And I have no regrets about spending those four years of my life there. Plus, it's an excellent school. Also that. It's hard to tell them no. Can't wait for you all to hear my answers to these questions. What did you study at the University of California? California. Uh, I was a double major. Of course. (laughs) In English and comparative ethnic studies with a specialty in Native American studies. Okay. And within all of that, what is the best class you ever took? So this is kind of shocking, actually. Um, the English department at Cal is super canonical, which, you know, for, for a very progressive kind of traditionally untraditional institution, you're like, all right. But I ended up with a um, specialty in pre-1600s literature. And, As you do. And my favorite class was a class, I still remember the professor, Kevis Goodman, and it was on, it was all on Milton. It was 16 weeks of Milton. And for people that may not know Milton, can you give the full name, <laughs> some context? John Milton Jesus was Christ. an early modernist writer <laughs> um, who's most known for Paradise Lost, uh, the, the book that tells the story of the fall of Satan and then, you know, the expulsion of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. And oh, we got religious people. It's a beautifully written epic poem where Satan is kind of like this anti-hero figure. and uh, Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, the original bad boy. Look at that. And then uh, Sexy. we studied all these essays and poems. And it was just such a great class. It was such a challenge. And it was so interesting. And um, I, I, it was one of those classes that I'll just never forget. And on the flip side of that... 
the worst class. Oh, ever hands down fucking statistics. Oh, <laughs> okay. We're not. We're not even gonna go any deeper into that. I think we can all appreciate why that is the, the case. fucking worst. I took it my last semester, so it wouldn't be on my transcripts when I applied to grad school. Oy so bad. Okay, what was your uh, college job? Did you have a Did you have a job in college? I did. I had. Okay. By the time I graduated, I had three jobs. Yeah, but um, sounds about right. But my favorite job, which I'll share, was I'm sure this will shock you to no end. I was a campus tour guide. I'm not shocked. <laughs> not at all. I would walk backwards. I would drive the <laughs> golf cart on private tours. Were you like a flight things. attendant where you're like using your your pointer yeah. finger and your middle finger yeah. and you're like, you know, you're directing like, people? On my yes. left side here, yes. you can see on it. my right side, it. that sweep, that arm sweep. I can't yeah. wait to go up there with you and have oh. you take me on a tour. You are I've getting never been there. The f- I've never been to that campus. Oh my so. God. You are getting the yeah. full fucking experience. I can't wait. Is, but if you are a middle schooler, do not call me. I would, those are my least favorite. Well, we established earlier that children are. Yeah. Fair, go. fair, fair. Um, what was your favorite meal in college? Top dog? No. Is it top dog? It wasn't top dog. Uh, Thai house. So, okay. Thai house was the You had Thai food in college. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is already, we're differentiating (laughs) Jules' college experience from Drea's. Um, there was this amazing Thai, family-owned Thai place called Thai House on Channing Way in Berkeley. I ate at this motherfucking place at least twice a week for the entire four years that I was there. Like, the- Thai food? <laughs> I don't blame you. It is so good. It got to the point where when I finally, you know, moved into my own apartment, they, they would deliver. And, and you could cook for yourself. You're like, I'm still not doing that. So I found out that they actually didn't deliver, but the owner knew me so well that he oh just my God. I love it. I is it still that. open? It is. It oh, is still, okay. It okay. is still open. We are doing that. What was your college drink of choice? Okay, so this is mildly embarrassing, but it it, it gives, you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere with our alcoholism. So if I was drinking beer, the, my bar was Raleigh's. That's where all the tour guides would go after staff meetings, and we would get pictures of bear. Staff meetings, people. They were called staff meetings when they were in college. What are they called now? I mean, as a professional, they're called a staff meeting, but, like, in college... I didn't have a staff meeting. We were professional tour guides. Fucking. Oh <laughs> Who then went to the bar and danced on tables. All right, so you're at Raleigh's oh, and so you're drinking Raleigh's what? Bear Down Nut Brown Dark Beer. That was the oh, beer God. of choice. The wine of choice was <laughs> Charles Shaw Two Buck Chuck Cabernet oh, Sauvignon. Uh, and the cocktail of choice, because remember, these are like my Carrie Bradshaw ears. Was a cosmopolitan. Of course it was. Obviously Basic. It was. Such a basic That's bitch. Okay. She has come along. I can trace my alcoholism through my educational journey. Although I can still appreciate a good Cosmo. Oh, I do not want that garbage. Like, get it. Like, I'm like, nope, get out of here. <laughs> We're going to agree to disagree on that. <laughs> um, other than the two buck chuck. 
What's the dumbest thing you did while you were in college? Oh, man. There were a lot. There pick were... one. You got to pick one. You got to be skippy about it. So my first week, first week of, of school, I, the dorm that I lived on was at the top of the fucking hill that the campus is on. And I was walking down to my 9 a.m. astronomy class. And I fucking ate it. I just fucking ate it. I just fucking tripped. And you don't even have the excuse of it being a frozen tundra like no, I had in Illinois. No, like you just literally not. just it is, tripped over nothing. It is September in Northern it's beautiful. California. It's it is still warm. I just fucking eat shit on the pavement. <laughs> I am bleeding fucking everywhere. My shit is like all around me because my backpack wasn't zipped up. My, uh-huh, your my, backpack. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> my fucking Sony Discman is lying next oh, to me oh, Lord. like roadkill. And I have no choice but to carry like my bleeding rip pants ass to class because what? I can't miss class. I'm a freshman. I'm fucking terrified. Everyone's like, what's with the bleeding girl in the corner? I tried to be discreet. It did not go well. Um, for those of you that don't know, Drea, I believe that whole, I try to be discreet and it did not go well. <laughs> yeah. That's literally the story of my, like, that's the title of my memoir. I tried to be discreet. It did not grow it did well. not go the well. The Drea Domingo story. <laughs> and finally, what was your favorite thing about going to school at Berkeley? You know, I got... Like, I got a world-class education. There is absolutely no doubt that what you learn in the classroom is unparalleled. But what I value most to this day is the education I got outside the classroom. The things I learned about myself, about failure, about resilience, about friendship, about love. Like, those are things that you can't quantify with a GPA. They're things you can't expect based on an SAT score. Um, and they're things that have stayed with me forever. Like it's, it has now been 22 years since I started college. (gasps) Yup. I'm clutching my pearls. (laughs) And, um, there are parts of me that are still that, that girl who, who ate shit on her way to astronomy class. And I'm grateful for it. Well, I, for one, I am really glad that Shawinigans this week gave me a little bit more insight into why you are the way you are. Well, and I and can't, why I love you. And I can't wait to learn more about you next episode. Oh, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> it's going to be a whole different ball game when Jules talks about the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I applied for a job there once. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't get in. so there you have your shawinigans for this college themed episode everybody we are going to kick off our back to school series with drea's pick and as you may have heard before on this podcast probably 1000 times drea went to berkeley which is in Berkeley is in Northern California. So as you can imagine, she really had a lot of options to choose from to pick a wine from kind of her sort of like 
where she went to school from. So, Drea, tell us about the wine that we are featuring on episode 36. I think what you mean is I had a lot of opportunities to become an alcoholic early on in life. Yeah, except when you're going to school in the middle of a cornfield, I think that lends itself a little more to becoming an alcoholic than you when went you're for in, the hard stuff. When you're yeah. in Berkeley, California with a bunch of hippies. Fair. Perfect. Yeah, okay. okay. Maybe hate. more of a pot smoker is what <laughs> that led itself to. <laughs> All right, so the back to the podcast. <laughs> back to the podcast. So the bottle for this episode that I've selected is from Lusu Cellars and it's a 2018 Carignan. Uh, that is made in Berkeley at an urban winery, but the grapes are sourced from Contra Costa County in Northern California, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, later on. The price point for this bottle is twenty five bucks, which frankly Solid. is a bargain. Uh, when you for taste a small producer, yep. yeah. Um, and when you taste this wine and the punch that the Carignan packs, you're I think we'll both appreciate that price point a lot more. And um, I haven't had this particular bottle, but I've had some other Lusu Cellars wine that Drea has brought over, and they really have been excellent. So I highly recommend checking it out. The ABV on this bottle is 13.6%. Solid. So, you know, yeah. solid. It's a solid sipper here. But it's a good, I feel like that's a good summer red, uh, like amount of alcohol. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Considering both of our past. Like it's yes. not like a sixteen percent alcohol, right. which sounds a little you're not bit better when you're in the Merlot. middle of winter with yeah. a steak. <laughs> <laughs> or a uh, big cap. Oh man. Or Zen. There you go. Uh, although he does make a Zen and mm-hmm. he does make a Merlot Cabernet blend that is delightful. Which you know in the winter we might feature. Yeah, there you go. We could revisit for David, sure. listen up. If listen. you send us a bottle, we might feature it. I mean, I am going up there in just a short period of time. Of course she is. <laughs> but um other than being an urban winery, which I know we've talked about before on the show, uh, one of the things I really love about Lusu is that their lead winemaker and their owner is a Cal grad. Uh, and if I recall Rawr. from my... Lo- no, no. It's, no? It, oh, no, we don't do that. No, we don't do that. We Sorry. do. We do. Gurra! 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 I'm changing it. I'm changing it no. to grr. Gurr. <laughs> I think you're you're you're. I did the gay bear. I was like, I I think that's a different that's a different bear population. We digress into a different type of podcast. Sorry, everyone. Um. So I and I believe I'm trying to remember my last conversation with him. I think he finished the year after I did, and I he was either I want to say an English or a philosophy major. Um, Probably philosophy. Something poetic. Yes, he was of something course. poetic and delightful. So he's just a young snip snap. He is. He's a it, young, good looking winemaker. But he's he's doing a lot of things right, including specializing in natural winemaking, low intervention wine winemaking, and really treating the grapes with I think a level of respect and finesse that you see in much more established um, houses. So I love his stuff. I've been a huge fan since I first tried it a couple years ago. And, um, he, he kept me going during the pandemic with his case shipments. So cheers to that. Can't be mad about that. So tell us about this varietal. So Carignan, French, I'm assuming. Yep. So Carignan is a medium body red grape that grows mostly in Ding, ding, ding. Southern France. Oh, look at me learning things. I love this. Uh, where it's most commonly used as a blending grape. 
so I always think that that's really interesting when you find these varietals that you know are typically used as as a filler or a blending grape uh, and you see them as these standalone wines that are just fantastic so I really enjoy and seek out those types of wines and this is definitely one of them uh, the nice thing about Carignan is it's a super versatile grape and it grows in a ton of places all over the world so while it's from France today you find it in Spain Italy Northern Africa, Nigeria, Morocco, uh, and of course in the United States and Mexico. So oh, in Mexico, Mexico, mm. the Valle de Guadalupe. Valle, yeah. uh, one of my favorite producers down there, JC Bravo, does a one hundred percent Carignan that is phenomenal. Oh, let's try that. Same price point, around twenty three, twenty four bucks, and just one of my favorite wines down there. I have a bottle. I'll bring it over next time. I was gonna say. Share it, share the wealth, sister. <laughs> Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> and, and so in addition to being a really prolific grape worldwide, Carignan also has a super interesting history. Of and course as you it know, does. I'm so into it. It's shocking that I wasn't a history major. It really is. In another life. In my next life. Maybe your next degree. Maybe the next one. <laughs> uh, That's the one you're going to make your million dollars off of. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> What? I ain't going to education for all the money? Oh, my yeah, God. <laughs> nope. Just like I didn't go to yoga for all the money. <laughs> We're so enlightened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Carignan's a really old grape. And it's a highly, it tends to be a highly productive vine that can survive with very little water. So it is super drought tolerant. It lends itself really well to dry farming. And as we've discussed, that's not because there's no water. Although, FYI, there's no water in California. Uh, but yeah. also, There's a lot of fire. Yeah, no water. a lot of fire, no water. But also, you know, as we've talked about on the show before, a lot of vineyards will dry farm because what it does is it forces the roots further down into the soil in search of, of water. moisture and mm-hmm. water to sustain the grapes. And what happens then is all those little bits and pieces in the soil that those roots dig down into get absorbed into that fruit. And that's what gives it its unique character. So Carignan has the potential to take on so much of the character of the terroir that it's from, which makes it really unique. Uh, And the other thing about it is that even though it grows in all these places, because the terroir is so different, it's going to taste different. And so that, that Mexican Carignan that I love is is delightful, but it is really different from this one that we're going to try today. So if we did a blind taste test, would we even, do you think that we would, we would recognize it as the same grape? We should do that. We should do that. That's an we interesting that. question. Um, we, we've never done a blind test tasting episode. Live on the podcast. Oh, Let's see it's how gonna, good we really are. We're not that good. It's going to be a shit show. I think you'd kill it. Really? Yeah. I did kind of kill it at the... At the Casa du Metz, Metz tasting. tasting mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which we still have to invite Sonia on. Yes. She's, she's down for it. But we digress. <laughs> As <Again>. per usual. <laughs> uh, so, okay, where was I? Old grape, resilient grape, little water. So, this makes Carignan extremely popular to the point where in the 1970s, it was the most planted grape in France. Which I find 
fascinating because we often don't hear about it in no. terms of like the big yeah. export maker or in the 70s which is still during the time of like the French reign of wines right mm-hmm. um, but it was very popular and I would imagine that a lot of the Carignan grapes were used for like French table wine you know and just little cafes or as home brewed wine and things of that nature which if it's anything like the Spanish table wine or oh, Italian it's... table wine it's actually better quality wine than a lot of proper bottles of American wine. That you you mean, I mean some of the shit we drank in college? Was, yes, but also <laughs> even some of the stuff today that you yeah. like. Yeah, I think that people think, oh, it's table wine. But in Italy, France, Spain, Portugal, that stuff is actually Delicious. really good. Well, be, and, and it is high quality. Old still. vine stocks, too. And it's like small production, probably family farmed, yep. you know, land, family produced. It's just, And their yeah. farming practices are so radically different mm-hmm. from our industrial farming yes. practices here. So the big machine. <laughs> uh, historically, though, so despite its popularity, historically, Carignan has also been considered a low quality wine grape, which I think is insane. Um, but many producers today are really looking at these old vines and historic vineyards with a new eye and cultivating them to make these rich, fruit-driven wines, much like the one we're going to highlight and try today. The other plus um, about the Carignan that I think is really important to note is it is a red varietal that has remained very affordable. And so it makes you know, wine drinking a different varietal or trying something new, really approachable without breaking a budget, which matters when you are one, a poor college student or two, a recent grad. Very important. Or you are a yoga teacher who (laughs) doesn't make a lot of money (laughs) and doesn't you know, always have the big budget to buy the big bottles of wine. Or you're a college dean who just drinks a lot out of necessity. There's also that. (laughs) So after many tangents on this episode, we are finally ready to Tangents? What are you talking about? Never. (laughs) We're finally ready to get into this bottle. uh, And so I've poured it out. And let's start with some color notes. Uh, Jules, you want to tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in your glass? So I'm actually surprised at how dark it is. I kind of expected it to be a little bit lighter in color because of, maybe because of the alcohol content, but also just, I feel like the description of the grape and the use of the grape feels like it would be a lighter bodied wine. Medium bodied, yeah. Fruit forward. Oh, okay. You said medium. I said light. So, you know, there's that. Someone's not listening. Uh, So to me, it seems it's darker than I expected. And it also is leaving some pretty significant legs on the glass. Yeah. And it's definitely got those more um, purple amethyst hues that you would associate with the darker red. Oh, see, I would call this ruby more than amethyst. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going more red than purple. There's some, there's some inkiness to it, I think. And hence why this is great. Like yeah. we both are seeing something a little bit different. Also, you're wearing black. I, okay. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not looking at it against my black thing. I'm looking at it against a blue wall. 
Anyway. What can Onward ho! Wait, did you just call me a hoe? No, it's an <laughs> expression. It's an ye old English expression. Oh, jeez. So now we know what the color week. looks like. Sort of. All right, let's take a whiff on the nose here. This is spicy to me. Yeah, definitely baking spices mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Right? I just, this, I, I don't know what I was expecting. This is not what I was expecting, and I do not mean this in a bad way at all. I just, this is, I think, going to be, and for maybe the first time ever, we actually have not had a sip of this wine. We're sipping it live on the recording. So. Right. Well, that's that's why well, we started you probably, drinking rosé. You probably I've have had, before. had this yeah. before. I have not, and so. It's been a while, though. I am cure. I'm going to be really curious about what this tastes like. Like I had to, I pulled this one out of my cellar. It was the last bottle oh, of this. Her cellar, I had. everyone. Yeah, that's right. But no, definitely baking spices right away. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the dark red fruits, cherry. like the tartar cherry, mm-hmm. raspberry, um, plum. I almost. This is going to sound so weird, but I almost get like a hamoni birico. Oh. A bit to it, like a little bit of that, like, charcuterie, you know, aged meat thing. I, I'm into it. Like, that's a plus for me. For me, it's funny. When I am sniffing this, it's, like, hitting me in the back of my throat. Oh, interesting. Okay. Instead of just being in my nose, it's, like, going all... It's, like, it's got almost, like, that... um the nose has the even an aftertaste to just smelling it oh versus tasting it like where it's kind of like it's staying in my throat a little bit well should we should we give it a whirl i mean yes i think everybody would like for us to do that Insert obnoxious tasting sounds like swirling the wine in your mouth, aerating it in your mouth, slow tone groans okay. of pleasure. This does not taste anything like what I thought it was going to taste like. <laughs> okay, let's start with your reaction. Okay, so I'm just really enjoying my moment here. The nose on this is to me very okay. contradictory to what it tastes like. Okay. So what are what are the flavors that you're picking up on the palate? Well, first it's not so much the flavors, it's the texture of it. It doesn't feel as heavy as it looks. Or as it smells. At, so, or as it yeah. smells. I'm not getting much of the spices in the taste. I'm getting more of the fruit. But not great. It's not like grape juice. It's not. Right, right, It's right. delicious, everyone, by the way. Like, it's, I'm not explaining myself very well because I think I'm, maybe I need to go back to drinking the wine before we actually, like, record so that I'm more <laughs> articulate. But you're getting the real deal. The IRL here. <laughs> what, what I am always so impressed with, and this really relates to the full range of Lucy wines that I have tried. You know, we've talked about. The feral yeast, the low intervention. Um, he does some pet nats that he's working on. But regardless of the varietal and the style I've had from Lusu, they've all been so clean on the palate. You know, this yes. this Carignan has so much depth on the nose. This is fresh. 
But once you take a swirl, it is just, it's a, it's a really fun party in your mouth, I think. It's, but it's fresh. Like, it yeah. doesn't feel old or stodgy or it's, musty it's or delicate any of too. That. It's, it's really okay you're you are saying that in a much more eloquent way than i did in the sense of it doesn't feel as heavy as what i thought it was going to be it is more delicate yeah it's it and it's going to lend itself really well to the dinner that i planned for tonight fantastic so i mean we should save some then i guess maybe no let's not <laughs> we don't want to share with the husbands <laughs> Sorry, John and Rob. Love you guys. Are we sorry? But it's not our anniversary month yet, so we don't have to. <laughs> so too bad. So sad. Okay, let's talk about food pairings. Excellent. What have you What have you got for me? Okay, so to be totally honest, I did do a little sort of sleuthing pre-recording to understand a little bit about what they sort of suggest would be a good pairing for this. With for for Lucy this style for carrying on. Okay. And from everything that I read, the pairing that I came up with was Friendsgiving. I said what I said. Colonialism. I said what I said. I said <laughs> Friendsgiving, not Thanksgiving, or a roasted pork loin. Okay. And the reason that. that I picked those, and I'm I actually am pretty happy with those picks after I've tried it is because one, the price point for this wine, I feel like lends itself to a Friendsgiving, like where, you know, a bigger crowd, or if you're asking someone, you know, a lot of times if I host a, a, a dinner party and people say like, what kind of, you know, what could I bring? I'll say, can you please bring a Zinfandel or a Pinot? Like I, I will give them the specific varietal that I want them to bring so that we're not having a fucking smorgasbord of wine. A bullshit with, a, you know, with <laughs> a meal. Um, there's some parties that are fine for that, but like a meal to me is, you know, I am actually thinking about the pairings what and the I want to do. So, you know, for this Friendsgiving, we could just all collectively pitch in and order a case of Lusu. I'm into it. Let's do it. So one was price point. I felt like this makes sense for this sort of event. Um, two, when you think about this style of wine being sort of like the red fruits or dark fruits, you think cranberry sauce, like mm-hmm. that sort of thing would be really nice. And then also the spice. Yeah. You know, I, with all that type of like roasted pork, you typically will have like some sort of a really nice spice blend that you're going to coat your pork with before you roast it. Friendsgiving, you've got all sorts of different spices happening. You've got cinnamon, you've got cardamom, you've probably got allspice, you've got cloves. cloves anise. And then and you've I got feel like all this goes really well with that because it can hold up to it, but it's not so heavy that it bogs down the food. Right, and then you've got like the you know that time of year the the herbs you would use are things like uh, tarragon, oregano, sage, sage, you know, kind of Mm though that category of herbs, which I think this would pair really, really nice with. Okay, how about you? Food. So, oh boy, what I love about Lusu wines, what I love about David is they are they are beautiful and balanced and delicate and like everything else in Berkeley they do not take themselves too seriously and Lusu because they high all the time 
No, we're not. <laughs> I swear to you, we're not. Um, but I do own tie dye, though. Uh, I do too. See, there you go. Actually, a little aside here. My friend Chris, uh, grumpy British lawyer here in San Diego. Hi, Chris. You probably don't even listen to this podcast, but you should, Chris. He said he saw me the other day and did not say hi to me because I was wearing a tie dye t shirt. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I was wearing my 16600 <laughs> winery tie-dye t-shirt. That's a legit tie-dye t-shirt. So he specifically did not want to acknowledge that he knew of my existence because he was wearing tie-dye. I'll, I'll get you a Berkeley tie-dye t-shirt. What an There asshole. we go. <laughs> um, Anywho. So, you know, Lusu is, is honestly, and I don't know if this makes me like really cool or a real asshole, but Lusu is kind of like my go-to everyday label. Like, if I, you know, whatever is going on on the dinner table. Like, you know it's going to go well with whatever you're doing. Right. Well, and I know it's always good. So, yeah. even if I don't have my shit together to make an amazing The wine meal, is going to be. The wine is going to be good. The star. I mean, I've had this with, like. Takeout pizza. Cheeseburgers. Yeah. Like, a really nice dinner of steaks. A really nice, like, roasted salmon, pork loin. But, it, it just, it's friendly with so many things, and as I was thinking about this episode, and I was thinking about my time at Cal, I was like, fucking Top Dog. 100%, I want to drink this with Top Dog. I don't know what that is. So, Top Dog is a Berkeley institution. It is a hot dog stand. Okay. They, I- they also sell them at Memorial Stadium, at the football stadium at Berkeley. Uh, they are fucking delicious. They are so delicious. They're gourmet hot dogs and sausages. Their buns are crusty and crunchy. Now and I want a hot dog. So good. And now I'm wishing I would have made my moho camping hot dog that I always make when we go camping instead of a salmon kale and quinoa salad for dinner tonight. Well, okay. But that's okay. Next time. There, there's more. We'll get a redo. We shall get a redo. Where this came from. And when we finally take that road trip to Berkeley, we're going to fucking Top Dog. Oh, yes. <laughs> so Let's do it. I have a great photo somewhere of my dad. We So the, one of the things I do is every year my dad and I go do a bunch of Cal football games. They're, I call them our bro weekends, and it's just me and Andy, and we road trip up there. And I love that. We... You know, we get to spend time together. I talk all the shit. We eat all the things. We drink all the things. We go to the game. It's a great time. I treasure that time with my dad so much. And there was this one trip that we went up to and he woke up and he wasn't feeling so great. He has acid reflux. And I was like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. We got power through this shit. And so we We got to get to get Nandy. Yeah. So it's like 11 a.m. And we're at the Bears Lair, which is the on-campus pub that has a full bar, or did before they shut that shit down. And I was like, you'll be fine. Just have a drink. Hair of the dog. Yeah, you're going to yeah. be fine. You're going to be fine. Well, and we hadn't even really drank the night before, so he was just he just woke up He feeling, just wasn't yeah. feeling great. And he's like, all right, so, you know, two or three, who can say... Bacardi and sevens for him and not. Oh creeps. my fucking no, god! Not like and a whisper of soda. You for me. are not feeling good, so you have a what was that? Bacardi and sevens. Bacardi. Oh, that's his Andy. Andy, <laughs> it's me, Jules. 
No, Andy. Well, I mean, I was drinking Knob Creek with a whisper of soda just as she left. But you it. were not already feeling like I shit. I mean, yeah, but I was, good. I was, I was on my way, and so we're all feeling good. We're walking up this massive fucking hill. So Memorial Stadium is on a massive fucking hill that overlooks the Berkeley campus, and the whole thing's on another massive fucking hill. So we're trudging up there. Point of the story is massive fucking hill. Massive fucking hill. But Top Dog is on the way. Which we stopped, and somewhere on my phone, I have an amazing photo of Andy eating a top dog in the street, and it is one of my favorite Berkeley memories. <laughs> <laughs> so, top dog. Top dog. All okay, right. situational analysis. I, I feel like you've already given I already this. did it. <laughs> Why do I always fucking do this? I, I put the food and the situation and the entertainment, I kind of lump it all into one, but that's just me. So, you all know, situational <laughs> It's going to be Friendsgiving. That's what's happening. So this wine for me is is really something that reminds me of Berkeley, you know, and, and I tell people like I grew up in Los Angeles, but I really grew up in Berkeley. Like Cal is where I learned so much about myself and how to be not just like an intellectual, but how to be an adult, like mm-hmm. how to be a grown up. And as is, you know, college for yeah. most of us. No, it was, I mean, it, and it was. For most women. <laughs> You're like. The men are still trying to figure it out. Um, and the, drinking these wines always resonates with me and helps me remember my time there. So I always want to have a bottle like this. Like after a Kel game with my dad, whether we're there or whether we're watching it, you know, on TV at my house, um, when. My brothers from other mothers, Kevin and Rishi, my two best friends from from Berkeley are visiting and we're all together. You know, when I'm feeling the general malaise of nostalgia for that simpler time, um, this wine always brings me back. It's a lot deeper than mine, but okay. Well, colonialism. (laughs) (laughs) So, entertainment. Okay, so I feel like... As as entertaining as Friendsgiving may be, I feel like this this may be a chance for you to for for you to break out of that a little bit. I okay, I am breaking out of it because I feel like entertainment for me is going to be music for for this wine. And there's a Spotify playlist called Dinner with Friends, and it's a great mix of different genres, you know, just different styles of music, and it really just kind of covers and encompasses like all types of music that people would want to listen to. And I feel like this wine kind of embodies that. I feel like most people can really enjoy this wine. And and I'm kind of thinking now that this could be a new feature on Two Girls and a Grape podcast is we could start sort of pairing Spotify playlists. Not that we curate, but that Spotify curates. See, I was like, we're gonna make a fucking playlist. Oh, no, no, no. That's way too much work. No, I want that. Way too much work. I want that. Spotify does actually a really nice job of curating playlists. Girl, love is a a playlist. Love used to be a mixtape back in the day for you and me. Okay, so Drea. Okay, everyone. Drea is curating the playlist. (laughs) Jules has already said she's gonna just use one that's already there. Drea is creating a playlist. Stay tuned. It's happening. I'm Because so, she's not I'm busy enough. <laughs> Drea, what are you, you being entertained by? So Other than me. <laughs> so similarly, I also turn to music. And um, part of this is because John, my husband, and I just went 
uh, last weekend and to our first concert in about three years. Cheers! I, it was awesome. I I love we. That was one of the things we always used to do when we were dating and even when we were married. Um, we love live music, but we saw one of our all-time favorites, David Gray, at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles. Fun. And, I mean, we danced. So, our last song at our wedding reception was David Gray's This Year's Love. And our first song at our 10-year reunion reception was David Gray's Shine. And, you know, in some ways, like, that was the soundtrack of how we fell in love. And I just remember throwing on... David Gray and like Dave Matthews and making dinner for John when we were dating in my shitty 500 square foot Berkeley apartment with my avocado green stove and just being so happy. Mm -hmm. And to this day, like those are two musicians I will put on, open up a good bottle of red not the shit I was drinking back then or the shit we were drinking back then. Oh, the two bucks <laughs> Oh, yeah. Foreshadowing people. Um, and just, you know, in, enjoying each other's company. This is an easy drinking wine, and it reminds me of things that are easy, people who are easy to be with, and, yeah. Just light. Yeah. Like light. Like lightness and fun times. I like that. So, Drea, tell us a little bit about where our... Listener, you were going to say viewer, weren't you? No. I always think we're on TV, so well, it's fine. I just <laughs> dropped the plural. Our listener, hi, Lauren Martin. Hi, Rob McCary. Okay, listeners, we have two. Uh, hi, also, Rose and Andy. Rose and Andy. Okay, listeners, yeah, listeners. Tell us where the listeners can purchase this bottle of super amazing, very sort of... Um, Easy drinking wine. Yeah, uh, you can purchase these directly from Lusu Cellars at www.lusucellars.com. Um, please tell them that Drea sent you. I have sent many a person there. And she doesn't get a commission. But I don't. It's always nice. No, it's always nice. I mean, you know. But I think when you go to an independent place, a smaller place, when they know how you found them, it's kind of nice to understand, you know, how are people finding out about me? Oh, it's because it's word of mouth or it's a referral or whatever it is. So. Right. And, you know, Lucy was small enough where I, I had recommended it to a friend who was doing like a 40th birthday wine crawl with another for another friend and they went in they had an amazing time and he ended up sending me an email saying thanks for sending these folks in you know they were great yada yada and you know these smaller places you get to have kind of that relationship with the winemakers and and he's phenomenal so so but also but if you go in there and you're an asshole do not mention do not be an asshole do not drop my name i will i will find you and i will kill you you. Anywho. No fucking top dog for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Purchase directly from him. Um, our next bottle. Oh, God. We are headed to the Midwest. Illinois, baby. Yeah. Our next episode will feature a white wine from Illinois' own Wildwood Cellars. And we are going to learn all about College era jewels. Oh boy! So get ready, everybody. Um, Strap yourselves in, people. 
And if you have a great college wine story that you want to share, or there is an amazing winery from the town that you went to college in. Like if you went to Napa or Sonoma or, you know, like college in Spain or Italy or Portugal or something. Stop being such an elitist over there. I am really skeptical about this Illinois winery. Don't listen to her. I want all the weird shit. It's all great. It's all good. Um, follow us on Instagram at two girls in a great pod. That's T W O girls in a great pod. Just slide on into those DMS with your recommendations, or you can always email us at two girls in a great pod at gmail.com. And until that Illinois wine hits our table. Salute. Oh, cheers. Go salute. bears. <laughs>